Hello, and welcome back to Heartwork, the podcast all about love, relationships, dating, and the work of the heart. My name is Tom Lloyd. I am your host to open up this heartfelt space. And today, I'm not going to lie, we're going to talk about heartbreak, about going through it, moving through it, and looking back on it. We haven't delved too deep into this yet, but it's a really important part of the work of the heart, of this labor of the heart. And today's guest really makes me think of that, but she also gets me thinking about this other side of heart work, which is the network of the heart, Uh, the people that are around us, the hearts that are around us that are invested in care for the well-being of our hearts. That's the heart work too, and it's something that this podcast is really exploring, and I think my guest today is a perfect person uh, to kind of highlight that. Because uh, like I've said before, I really do believe that every single person in this world has something significant to share from their heart that the world needs to hear. And that includes you. You have something significant to share that the world needs to hear about love. Um, but it's like every heart around me has something to teach me about love. And I, I believe that for you too. Every heart around you is important and there to teach you something as well. These people are all around us. All it takes is us connecting into the heart with them because these people could be right under our nose, which is definitely the case with my guest today. Uh, she is my roommate. Her name is Lily DePaula. She is such a joy. She is enthusiastic. She's hilarious. She's bubbly. She's wonderful. She has the best energy. I hit the jackpot in terms of a roommate. Because, you know, a roommate, it's on. there's a spectrum from, you know, like family and people you know really well to people you don't and people from Craigslist and everywhere in between. Somehow the universe connected me and Lily into some balance of wonderfulness. Because, um, you know, a roommate, no matter how well you know them, it's going to be an intimate relationship because you live with them. They see how you live. They're there for that. And I'm really blessed to live with Lily because not only do we get along, but we just have some of the best talks and chats about uh, love and relationships straight from the heart. So without further ado, I'm happy to share her with you. Let's get down to the heart of it. Here is my friend and roommate, Lily DePaulo. Hey, Lily, how's it going? Hi, Tom. It's going good. How are you? I'm doing good. Where are you right now, Lily? I'm in the kitchen of our apartment in Bedsty. Yeah, it's a really beautiful day. I just went for a long walk with a friend of mine, Liam, who you know, who's so that's like one of the first people I've seen in a while. We had a nice socially distanced hang. And uh, yeah, and then I came back up here to talk to you. That's awesome. And I'm yeah. not in our apartment right now because I'm in upstate New York, but it's good to be connected to you in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, just to start off, I like to give everybody the opportunity to just like introduce themselves and frame themselves. So knowing that mostly you're a voice, uh, what is it that you want people to know about you? Yeah, um, my name is Lily. Um, I am 29. I grew up in Brooklyn and Bay Ridge. I, my pronouns are she, her. I am a Leo sun, a Taurus rising and a Scorpio moon. And actually it's funny because the other day I was sent something by my parents and it said 
it was like an old photo book that said that I was born at 1 p.m. rather than 1 a.m., which is what I've always thought. And so I panicked for a second, thinking that that was going to change my entire astrological. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a little mini quarantine breakdown about it where I was like, what does this mean? But then it turned out to be wrong. Um, <laughs> so your so, signs are still intact. <laughs> so they're still intact. I mean, you know, if you, one way of looking at it is I could be an entirely new person. But um, anyway, so yeah, what else? I'm a singer. I love music. That's probably my favorite thing in the world. For my day-to-day -day work, I work at an advertising agency and a magazine. Um, yeah. That's, I feel like that's a good start. Yeah. That's a good start. Thanks for that. And what would you say our connection is? <laughs> our connection, we are friends and roommates. We also have the same birthday, July 31st. We do, which, who else has our birthday? Harry Potter. That's right. <laughs> so we're kind of magical. Right, exactly. Which I loved when we figured that out when we first started living here probably like four years ago almost, I yes. guess. Yeah. yeah. Because how um, often do you run into somebody who has your same birthday but never you also and live I've, with them? <laughs> exactly. And I have hardly ever I've known people like other Leos. Well, they're usually in August because I think we're at the beginning of Leo season. Yep, we are. Um, and I've only met one other person in my life with our birthday. So that was wild. And then also I always, I mean, I'm a huge Harry Potter nerd because obviously the birthday connection plus his mom's name was Lily. And then oh, my yeah. dad's, yeah. And then my dad's a magician. So I was like, all right, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> this book is telling me something um <laughs> yep so yeah so it felt like such a connection when we realized that because that's crazy it was and I think it's also interesting like we're connected like um through like mutual friends but it's yes. like you were growing you grew up in Brooklyn but like Liam who you just saw went to the University of Minnesota in the theater building which I also did and then you were connected through Charlotte who used to live with us who right. was in Minneapolis for a while, who I didn't know in Minneapolis. But so there's all these little crazy connections um, that, uh, I don't know. It's yeah. how the world works, like small world connections. It is. Yeah. yeah, we have a bunch of connections, a lot of which are either by way of through Brooklyn or Minneapolis back to Brooklyn or, yeah. Yeah. To, and actually, I mean, at one point, everyone in our building, I think, except for me, was from Minneapolis. Yes, so. <laughs> which is hilarious because we're all and, in Brooklyn, but you're the you're the Brooklyn one, right? And so people would be like, "Oh, like when did you move here?" And I was like, "I'm that's everyone else." <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And then, yeah. What is your first memory of me? Do you have one? Yeah, my first memory of you is when I was moving in and Charlotte was helping me. Because I, being a New Yorker, don't drive, um, which uh -huh. now in the apocalypse, I'm realizing would be a really good thing to know. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> once the uh, DMVs open back up, I'm going to get right on that. But um, so she was driving my U-Haul that I got to move all my stuff in. And then we were moving, we were taking stuff out. And I remember some, this like 
guy, I'm not sure if he was homeless or like what, but he was like asking if he could like help us move stuff. And it was a little sketch and we were like, no, thank you. Um, <laughs> so I was like waiting cause we didn't want to leave the truck alone. Um, and then you came out and you were wearing this like really colorful jacket that had a bunch of colors on it. And you had this huge smile on your face and you were Aww. like, hi. Um, and I think I'd like briefly met you once before. Cause like, you know, to see if we all jived, but it was like, yeah, you like came out and you just looked so happy and you were like off to go somewhere. I think it was to some show and you were like, welcome. And you just like bounced off. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> That's my first like memory of you. That's a great memory. Yeah. I think my first, I don't know if I have like a clear memory, first memory of you, except for that. I remember, you know, me and Charlotte had originally gotten our apartment and then it was like, this is too expensive. And then we were trying to figure out maybe someone could live in our small little room <laughs> that you live in. Yep. And then she had mentioned <laughs> you. And I was like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I was like, we'll see. I don't know. And Charlie was like, I think Lily's going to be really good. And then you showed up and you were just like the cutest, most nicest, wonderful energy that I could ever expect. You know, I don't know. And, and then you were just there, you know? and um yeah that makes me I love hearing that because it was it was a weird time in my life my sister and I had an apartment together that was not on a lease but it was like this very good deal but it ended up you know I feel like those situations can go one way or the other sometimes it's great sometimes it's not and it ended up really not being good and we got to we almost had to go to housing court because of stuff that our landlord was doing and Anyway, I was kind of scrambling, like looking to find something. And Charlotte kind of swooped in and was like, I have this, you know, we have this little room. (laughs) And I was like, at that point, I was like, I'll take anything. And like Charlotte and I were so close. So I knew that would be fine. And then, of course, once I met you, it just felt like it really clicked. It worked out. It's like definitely a moment in my life where like something, I guess, magical kind of happened where I really needed something and like, everything came together with really good people you know yeah and I would say like you and Charlotte and Michael later we've all we've had like a really good vibe of living together it's been like the most pleasant living situation I think in all of our grown-up lives absolutely (laughs) which is um a hundred percent not a small thing so and I would say just to kind of, I always like to ask, like, when did our hearts first connect? And I, I don't have any clear memory of that either, except for that we would always run into the ki- we would run into each other in the kitchen every once in a while where you are right now. And we would just... Maybe that's why I'm subconsciously sitting in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we would just have these, like, deep heart-to-hearts. We get totally sidetracked with whatever we were doing and, like, you know, really get into the tea of whatever whatever was on our hearts and it was always like very helpful I think for both of us I agree yeah we'd have these like month or so just like impromptu check-ins where it would just like matched up and it was and then we would have yeah we have these like deep heart to hearts and it's so lovely because I feel like you know it's hard to find a good living situation in New York City and to find people that you can actually connect with Cause we don't have to hang out all the time or talk all the time. Even like we all respect each other's space, but like when we do connect, I feel like it's so wonderful and yeah. I've always appreciated that. Me too. I've always really super appreciated talking to you, which is why it feels perfect that you're on this show. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so next question is just a check-in. Where is, where is your heart at today? Like if you could just scan it and share with us, like what, where is it at? Yeah. Um, it's been a little heavy lately. Um, yeah, I have been, I've been dealing with a little bit of like family stuff. That's been a little bit stressful. Everything's okay. But like, I think just added with all the other, you know, state of the world. Um, and I've been doing a lot of just like, this is such a time of processing things on your own, especially since I have been on my own a lot, um, throughout this that. It, yeah. Cause you're the only one in our apartment, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is sometimes absolutely wonderful. And other times I'm like, ah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it it feels a little bit lighter yesterday it felt super heavy so I'm just I've just been navigating that I tried to meditate earlier I've been trying to get back into that so yeah it's like everything feels like such a day-by-day -day moment of whatever you need you know I keep trying to take things day by day because I feel like if I try to think long term or you know if things start to feel like they're closing in, it's because I'm, I feel like usually in life you want to look at a bigger picture and right now that doesn't seem like a good idea. So everything is such a day by day process. So today my heart feels a little bit lighter than it did yesterday. Is what I'll say. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really important too. Kind of what is it that you can move through right now? Yeah. It's kind of always a good thing. Okay. Well, that's good to know. That is good to know. One thing I just I'm going to carry over from this lap episode. I don't know if you listened to it, but we talked about the love languages. Mm. Are you familiar with those? Yes. What is your number one love language? Like the one that fills you up the most? Um, I, well, I love affection, like physical, like, uh, like that's very important to me, but I think, um, so physical touch. Physical touch is extremely important, but communication is also so very words of affirmation or or is it just um, communication yeah uh I don't know what are uh, maybe I don't know all the categories that are usually used. The love languages are physical touch right. words of affirmation mm -hmm. should be kind of like almost like compliments or expressing. Well, I'm a Leo, so I love yes. that. <laughs> Me too, expressing. <laughs> so. so expressing like love through words, I would say. Right. Not necessarily yeah. communication, but I think that's an interesting thing that we're going to get into on this because I feel like that's big for both of us. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. So yeah, I guess I'll say that. Yeah, physical touch and words of affirmation are, are hugely important. Okay, cool. It's interesting. Mine is definitely quality time is my number mm. one, but physical touch is like a very close second and then words of affirmation. Mm. But okay, so let's go into communication. Why is co communication so important to you in love or how is, it, how is it connected for you? I think that's a great place to go. I think because it, <laughs> I think because it's eluded me in a lot of relationships. I, it's something that I often don't end up having. And the more I grow and get older, like I realize how essential and important that is. I think I've always been someone that's like pretty open. I'm, I can be extremely shy if you don't really know me, but I'm a pretty open person if I like trust someone and like 
communication is such a huge part of that for me. Yeah, I mean, I just think that I think without really good communication, which, you know, I feel like we've talked about in like living situations and in multiple contexts, like what do you really have if you don't have that, you know? I agree. Yeah. And I think it's something that I I haven't had a lot of growing up necessarily and also in some romantic and relationships and friendships like platonic friendships so it's something that I've realized is so essential and I think I keep seeking it and like trying to like as I get as I grow more and try to set boundaries I'm like this is the only thing it's one of the main things I really want to go after you know is somebody who can communicate well Mm mm-hmm and it, just to be clear, just because I think there's something that's interesting that's coming up with the love languages for me, is like if you like literally think about it as a language, it's about communicating. Right. Right. But I'm, I'm wondering if what you're talking about is specifically being able to articulate things in words. You mean versus like physical touch or like, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think both. Because uh-huh. I grew up in a family that interrupts each other a lot. We're just like, you know, an Italian oh, yeah? family. But yeah. Because um, <laughs> we, you know, my dad's Italian. My mom is Irish and French and they're all very excitable. So, um, yeah, and I have two siblings and we're all very loud and it's great. And I love them all very much, but everybody interrupts each other all the time. And I think I've realized, I started to realize it this week, actually, that I will speak sometimes in fragmented sentences because I'm assuming that I'm going to be interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's amazing. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm having a conversation with someone that isn't doing that. So (laughs) that's hilarious. um, Yeah. Like I'll, it's like, I'll interrupt myself. Also, I, my thoughts move very rapidly and sometimes it's hard for me to even keep up with them. So then I, I think that's part of it too. But Wait, what was the question? Because it did have to do with that. <laughs> it did have to do with it. It's about, about maybe communication being something that needs to be articulated in words or yes. not. That's what made me think of it. Because sometimes I've realized that like, I'll like suppress words sometimes. And I think that's very important to be able to articulate. It is, it is important to articulate things in words. But then also so much of communication is nonverbal. And that's important too. And I don't really know what the answer is, but I think, I mean, I think I'm feeling it a little more just being, spending this time alone this um, during quarantine and all that, like listening. I've always been, I think, more of an observer in life. Like I was always, I'm never the one that like wants to jump up and like do this, you know, in school, but like, even though like, I even though up, you're Leo, <laughs> even though I'm a Leo and I grew up like a child actor and I was acting all the time. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't want anyone to really look at me at the sit. So it was like this kind of contradictory thing. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is to having great communication, but I've realized that listening is essential. And I know that people often don't listen. I feel that you can kind of feel it when someone's not listening. And I feel it in myself sometimes when I'm like really scatterbrained and someone's telling, you know, well, it comes back. I feel like that's interesting because I think we all do that. Act. We all, yeah. We- it's like there's a I feel like there's a saying is like are you listening to respond or are you listening (laughs) right oh and that's why I brought that yes and And that might be with your family too you know like right I think I kind of learned to just like observe stuff 
and I'm the oldest and I like, ha yeah, I observed my parents, my siblings. And then in, in life and school and stuff, I was always like the quiet observer. And I think a lot of that has helped me in a lot of ways, actually. But then in some ways, I can be too quiet. <laughs> uh huh. I think if I, if, if you know me well, I can, I, I, the opposite can be true, but I'm trying to like, I feel like sometimes like two different people in that aspect. I'm trying to, trying to bring those together. It's all good. Do you have an example of like uh, communication not working in love that you can share? Like an example of like what you don't want anymore or something? I'm wondering. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm trying, how personal should I get? Um, well, exactly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've learned some lessons in my last few relationships. The biggest overall theme being that I, like I've mentioned boundaries earlier, and I tend to make a lot of concessions um, in order to take care of people. So I think sometimes, like in my last relationship, I would try to communicate with my ex and we'd have these talks about certain things, you know, like either our sex life or whatever the case may be like I tried to communicate about things and it wasn't always received and there were certain things that my ex was dealing with that I was sympathetic towards that I allowed to take precedence over any of my needs mm. and then it got to a point where basically this other person sort of entered into like our like like one of the first times I remember really in in my adult life, like actually trying to set a strong boundary was when I kind of felt threatened by like a friend of ours in my last relationship and feeling like no amount of communication really could resolve it. And I still was just doing this thing of putting my needs on the back burner because I was more worried about all the stuff that my ex was dealing personally, which I think a partner should care about, but ultimately, where do you draw a line? The lesson I learned was that just because somebody has things that they're dealing with, it doesn't give them license to treat you badly. Oof, yes. <laughs> and I had been allowing that to happen for a long time, and I didn't mm. even realize it. Whoa. Yeah. So that was a huge lesson for me in communication and the importance of it. And yeah. There's something interesting that you said in that, that I maybe want to go into a little bit more, which is you said there's no amount of communication that could have changed it, changed it. So how do we, how do you? <laughs> well, and that's what I know now, because at the time I was really fighting ah. for this relationship, you know, cause I would have done anything to save it. Uh -huh. But I realize in retrospect that my ex had already made a choice, you know, and uh, you can't change a person's mind. No, you can't. That is a hard lesson to learn as well. <laughs> and Oh, I mean, I mean, heartbreak is an ego death. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Let's go into that in a second, but finish this thought. <laughs> <laughs> heartbreak is an ego death. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think but, it is. But okay, talk keep going about this communication though. They had made it a choice. Uh yeah, I mean they made a choice, you know. Yeah, they made a choice to sort of bond with this other person in a really like in a in a way that was not appropriate when you're in another relationship, you know. So it just like it 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 was like very taxing and it was it it 
it was weighing on me so much. So did and you feel like you couldn't like, articulate your own needs? Yeah, because, I, well, I did. But then when I did articulate my needs, the reason that they couldn't be met was always because of, like, the personal things that my ex was dealing with. Uh -huh. So then I'd feel bad for even asking or having needs, you know? Uh-huh. And it felt like, at the end of the day, it felt, it, it just felt, yeah, there was a lack of boundaries. And I was just chasing after, after something. And, and like, I don't know, it's weird to see how love evolves because this person and I had loved each other so much. And then sometimes I even question that, but I think that's also my ego, you know, because I think two, I think more than one thing can be true at once. I think someone can love you, but then also treat you badly, which is unfortunate, but that doesn't mean that they didn't love you. And I always have to remind myself of that because I get very angry and defensive about it sometimes. I agree with that. And I also think one thing that I've been kind of discovering or clarifying for myself is that you can experience love in one way with somebody, but then as you grow and you experience love in a different way, you might ex realize that what you're experiencing actually wasn't love. Yes. You know what I mean? Even though that was your conception of it at the time, like I feel like our understanding of love evolves. Absolutely. And a crazy thought that I've had recently and probably due to the past year or so that I've been in therapy working on this stuff is... Yay, therapy. I like to always Yay. say <laughs> Yes. Just like shout that out, like good for Everyone you. Everyone should do it. I think I realized my type now is just have you been to therapy? And <laughs> I love it. Why, why is that your type though? Oh, I mean, I just think everybody should do it if they yeah. can. Yeah. I just think everyone has stuff to work on. But I think it, that's my type as well in a way, or I'm always intrigued because I'm like, oh, this person is actually doing work on themselves. Right. Because there's a difference between people who are doing work, I think, and people who aren't. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that um, you have to be necessarily go to therapy, but I feel like I it's think a, there are other, excuse me, I think there are other things you can do to take care of yourself or, you know, I realize that's not accessible to everyone because we live uh, in a country with a really fucked up healthcare system. True. But I also think... Yeah, any type of mindfulness, any type of self-work that you can manage to do for yourself is really essential. And the older we get, the more I realize but how that's important. It's yeah. It's, so that's your type. But you were saying through the last two years what you've learned about love. Oh, oh, well, because you were saying that, you know, you can realize in retrospect that maybe we Accept, it's that idea of like you accept the love you think you deserve or whatever. Ah, uh, um, yes. Like, because you were saying maybe that isn't really love or we have like different love starts to mean different things as we grow and evolve. And I feel like I've started to realize that because my last relationship felt like the deepest, realest love I've ever felt. But then it had a very traumatic ending. and felt like how could something be that and then also turn on its head. And, you know, I think at the time those things were real. And who's to say? I, I honestly, I don't know. I feel like I'm probably still processing it. But, you know, I, I've realized like in a lot of ways that was a type of love, like I said, because it was the same relationship I was talking about with communication, all these issues where like I've realized 
it was a huge, I think I'm getting to the point of like, oh, here's what this taught me, you know, now that a lot of like the pain of that has resided of like, oh, this has taught me what I don't want. And that's just as valuable. Totally. And like, it doesn't mean that the love wasn't real, but it's not love that I would want, obviously, because it's not there anymore, you know? Right. Or I yeah. think sometimes for me, you'll, you'll see, you'll be like, you'll start getting triggered by you're like, oh, these are types of patterns yes. of a person and you can choose. You can choose to go into a relationship with a person like that again, or you can start seeing like, hey, I'm, I'm recognizing a certain type of person that's not bad or good it's just i've realized that this type of person is not the best for my heart and i'm yes. going to choose to 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 not uh move deeper with this if that makes sense it absolutely makes sense and i feel like i've actually been going through that recently so i'm having that where i'm being tested a bit about that and i'm like oh maybe some of the work i've been doing has maybe been helping because I've been thinking about those things in a way that I never have before. So that's good, Lily. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. You know, quarantine 2020. Uh huh. <laughs> Tell me more about this ego death of the oh. of heartbreak as ego death. I'm interested. <laughs> well, um, it sounded I mean, like a I big think... truth that you've realized or something. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know. I mean, I think in any situation, it's like, especially as Leos, I think it's like, what me? You don't love me anymore? Excuse yeah. me? <laughs> and it's also hard to, I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm far from perfect. I've done things in relationships that aren't great either, you know, and there's always, there's always two, you know, it's, it's a partnership. So both parties are responsible for certain things, you know, and I think having I think the trauma of somebody leaving for whatever reason and then also rectifying and acknowledging whatever mistakes you have made yeah that requires an absolute like surrendering of your ego because your automatic knee-jerk reaction is to be like no fuck you you know <laughs> can I say that on this podcast Sorry. yeah sure yeah. <laughs> um yeah and and also you know, once you're alone again, it's hard to look at yourself sometimes, no matter what the circumstances are. That's always hard to do. So I think every rebirth that you have after getting your heart broken is like another ego death. Yes. I feel like and it's really important to break your heart, actually. It is, because it's actually, I think, the most open that you can actually be in a weird way. Yeah. And I don't even know how to articulate that even any more than I, than that statement. It just is a feeling because, you know, yes, you really have to surrender everything because your heart is just broken. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. You become really vulnerable and yeah. you have and, to figure out new ways of being in the world. Right. One of my friends, I remember we were talking about when she was really heartbroken, we were talking about like, why does this have to happen? And um, I think one thing that we kind of were talking about was that it has to break open so that it, you can accept more love. Yes. Is one that like whatever the situation is that you're in, once you have to leave it, if you like look at it and you zoom out from it, it's like you have to leave that situation because it, will, it is no longer serving you. Yes. Like it just can't go on and you are ready for like the next step. And that is going to be painful probably, but like literally... You have to break it open so that it can be 
maybe bigger. And this goes with what you were saying earlier about, you know, thinking that a type of love that you had was the perfect best thing and then realizing that wasn't really the love that you wanted to need or maybe even really love. Right. Because now you're ready for the next step. Uh-huh. Yeah. That is my experience. Do you... Um, I'm wondering if you've had this experience because I feel like after one of my really big breakups, I felt like, you know, it was like, I don't know if I could ever be loved that much or experience that level of love again. And then I kind of just started believing it at one point. I was like, look, I think I'm ready for love. And if there's somebody that there's a love that's greater than this past love that I've had, I'm like ready to meet that person. And then I met them. (laughs) And I'm wondering, and it was, it was a deeper love. It was more, it probably wasn't as dramatic or traumatic, but it was a bigger love. Yeah. Which I, you're, you're going to say something, but that's what. I was going to say, but that's okay. You know, you would hope it wouldn't be as traumatic again. Well, I think that's part of actually about, I think that's part of it is that when it grows, it becomes less traumatic. Yes. And I'm wondering if you've experienced uh, different types of love lately that are better, healthier, bigger, and what what is the difference for you, if so? I have... Or if I there's boundaries that you're putting up or <laughs> for that or something, I don't know, all of that. Yeah, I think about this a lot because sometimes, and again, I think this is my ego, sometimes I still think about my ex, my previous relationship, which was the most significant in my life. And I feel like I'm never going to find love like that, even though, even though I also know that that's not love that I want, you know, Uh so it's not fully logical. It's a very like emotional. And then when I get to that point, I realize it's my ego. And also, negative thoughts which have immense power and I was actually having a conversation with my sister yesterday um because she just recently broke up with someone and she's you know in Wisconsin far away from her family and we were talking about that and she was like you know negative thoughts we, they have so much power and it's like it leads to so many things but like why do negative thoughts need to have more power than anything else like they don't like uh-huh. positive thoughts are also allowed to have just as much power. Why do we give it this like, you know, this narrative constantly in our heads and which Mm. is something I struggle with constantly. And yeah, so sometimes I really think like that I'm not worthy of things. And then I realized that I already had that manuscript like monologue going in my head before all these other traumatic things happened to me. So that's probably partly what led me into those situations. And that's what I'm trying to overcome because mm. obviously that's not real because no human being lacks value or is not worthy of love. What was the question? <laughs> I'm wondering if, you're, if you've been encountering a new kind of love. A new kind of love, yes. Okay. And um, if you can describe it, like what, what is the difference or what does it feel like? Well, I actually, so... I feel like I was in a situation where I was encountering a kind of love that felt a bit similar to things in the past. And now I feel for one of the first times in my life, I like set a boundary. And now I feel like I'm encountering a new kind of love that I've literally never opened up myself to before, which is just love for myself. So that's a completely new kind of love. Wow. (laughs) Huge. Yeah. What does that feel like? 
I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? <laughs> it's overwhelming. No, I do. I mean, it's actually, it's actually really, I mean, setting boundaries for me is huge. And like, I'm constantly worried about hurting anybody's feelings or like, anybody else like not like like I said in my last relationship I allowed myself to be put on the back burner my needs all this and it's it's bullshit really you know you know I think there's a way I think there's a way to be selfish but also still kind towards other people and I've never really understood that concept and now I'm finally understanding it and it feels amazing (laughs) yes I'm very happy for you thank you (laughs) you're welcome I feel like, you know, in full Leo fashion, I feel like lately, I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but I'm just like, I'm like, I'm amazing. Yeah. Like, if you don't see it, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, why? Right. And that's part of boundary setting for me in relationships. It's like, okay, well, if you don't see that, that's fine. But yeah, you can stand on this side of a, of a, where my intimate circle is. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Not that it's all about seeing me as amazing, but it's like it's about a certain, you know, what do we keep in that really intimate circle of ours? I think as I grow older, it gets increasingly more important. Oh yeah. And I think that was a huge lesson for me as well. I mean, I think I have a great network of friends, but I think, you know, you often choose your your families and all that, your friends and you know, in my last relationship, I had a huge, it wasn't just like me and my ex. It was like uh, so many people, so many friendships and like things that were just gone. And that was like hugely traumatic. But then I, you know, have realized that I have a great network of friends and like how much more important that became and I think I really like felt that when we had our like birthday party in the backyard like I've never I've never thrown a birthday party like that for myself and people from all throughout my life showed up and that was like such a lesson for me to realize like love takes many forms and there were people that showed up that were like oh someone said you were having a birthday party and I had to come and I was like what like Uh uh-huh that's amazing you know, and now I've been thinking about that because I'm about to turn 30 and the world is quite different. And I'm so glad that I did that because I really needed it at the time. Mm-hmm. It's important. This self-love um, and choosing yourself, I think. Yeah. Even your friends. I wonder if you've realized anything about that, about your network, because I think that's one thing that I'm tuning in to this podcast as well. It's like, it's like, who do you have people who are lovers in your life? Meaning that love. <laughs> that yeah. Love, part of, well, part of our, the love in our lives is about who we surround ourselves with. Yes. Not just our lovers. Like it's really everyone. No, I, I feel like I have a lot to say about that actually. Um, Please. And I think again, going back to that breakup, was a massive lesson because there were some very good friends that I also ended up losing. And some of them felt like they were even my friends first. And like, it's, it does, none of that shit really matters, but like, it's like, it was, 
I was going through probably the hardest time in my life, not just because of this breakup. I'd also had, I I had, I lost my cousin to suicide, which was hugely traumatic. And it kind of all culminated in me really having like a mental breakdown, Mm -hmm. to be perfectly honest. Um, Yeah, I found out, uh, yeah, I have this like dissociative thing that had, I is a thing that I realized happens. It happens through major trauma. Um, it's called depersonalization, derealization. And I had not, not even known that it existed at all. Um, but so I went through that and before I quite knew what was happening, I was really like not quite myself. And some of my friends I lost because of that, I think. And that really hurt to experience, but also I had to accept that, like, I felt really guilty and, like, bad about it, but, like, if you have a mental breakdown, there's just not really anything you can do about it. You just have Um, to let it break. Right. Like your heart. (laughs) Right. And so I went to my normal position of, I'm so sorry, it's all my fault, how can I fix this? And then I realized, if these people don't want to be my friend because I'm having the most traumatic time I've had in my life and like having an actual mental breakdown then like they weren't my friends to begin with and it's fine Oof, and that is hard to realize right so hard I still yeah. think about it sometimes mm-hmm. um yeah but so what are you learning through that though about like uh friends love all of that well I mean the friends that I still have are the absolute best people because they don't care about that you know friendship shouldn't be about things being good all the time because we're human and things aren't good all the time things right. suck actually a lot <laughs> yes they do it's not um, a bed of roses all the time everything is not always cool right so i've realized i'm so endlessly grateful for the friends in my life because they're amazing people and they stuck with me through that and reassured me like you're not crazy you're having a hard time and sometimes people have mental breakdowns and that's okay doesn't make you a bad person you know because that's always my mo my like uh, my uh, insecurities and whatever else and like whatever trauma I always I'm constantly worried about whether or not I'm a bad person and that's such a like how do you even know that you know I feel like all you gotta try to do is like be kind to other people. And I'm sure that we could all do better. I certainly could, but. I think you do a great job with that. You're so sweet. (laughs) Um, But I think this is also something that I've been running into, you know, just in myself, but also encountering in doing some of these interviews is that it's like not about what other people think. People who love you, love you. Right. They love all of you. Or like when you're really in love, they, they love even your faults. Do you know exactly. what I mean? Like they really like true love is really like accepting someone at all walks of life. And if they don't, then it's like not maybe love in some way. And that can be hard to encounter, I think. Yes. But I'm wondering, like, with the friends that that quote unquote remain, or just your friends. <laughs> I'm wondering, do you are you feeling more like yourself or that you're freer to be yourself? Yeah, I get, yeah, uh, well, okay. (laughs) Yes and no. Okay, I will answer this in, so for me, 2019 was like the worst year of my life. So I was Uh like, I was like, 2020 is going to be great. And then Uh here we are. (laughs) Yes, of course. Yeah. And 
I mean, I definitely feel accepted and loved by my friends, but then I haven't seen a lot of them in quite some time. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's been again just a lot of a lot of like self-work so alone time. Um, but I do feel I do feel like I know I know who my real friends are and I'm endlessly grateful for that. And I do know that I have people that I can call if I need something and I think that's huge. That is huge. It helps you get through the world, you know? Yeah. Because I think that's also something that's, I feel like people are attracted to people who have like uh, good connections, good life, good everything. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. like sometimes I feel like you, we can get caught into a relationship uh, that that's going to support everything in our lives. But it's like, you have to support your life in every way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and I feel like relationships for me moving forward, I, I very much feel that like, I, it's funny because I think I'm normally a very independent person and I really love my solitude. And so in some ways, quarantine has been like a blessing and a curse because like, I'm like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm like, yes. You know? Yeah. I'm like, leave me alone. I don't have to cancel anything. And, mm -hmm. But to the point where some, you know, I mean, and not to go off on a tangent, but now I'm anxious about going back. Like, I'm not going to get on the train just because things reopen. I don't know. I don't know what to do about all that, but um, that's another conversation. <laughs> well, I think it's, a, I, it's an interesting one. We were talking about it up here because we were like, how long will this last? And we were like, okay, well, what if this lasts forever? This is just right. one, one possibility. And we were talking about, well, things are going to become a lot more about trust. Yes. And what is, is trust? What is trust? I feel like it is a lot of communication. Mm -hmm. and but what and, else so what do you want to say about trust well sometimes some days I wake up and I feel like and I know this sounds heavy but I think it's you know through experiences throughout my life with family and other things sometimes I feel like everyone's going to let you down no matter what and I don't even want that to sound as dark as it sounds I know it sounds pretty dark uh-huh going though I'm interested a, I always feel like there's a threshold of what you should expect from anyone <laughs> Um, and maybe that's because I think largely that's because of a lot of past trauma. And so I've been thinking about that a lot because I also do think that I really value my relationships and I do have people that I trust. But then even with the people I trust, sometimes I think, well, you never know. You could fuck me over. And then I'm like, why do I think that? You know? Uh-huh. Well, I think, you know what, what my honest opinion is? is because it's part of self-preservation yeah you have to be willing to be prepared for the fact that they will right like and one, yes and that's what the I mean one when I, when situation I that i bring to... this up in if is uh prep with gay men mm. like you know so much many people are in prep now to prevent hiv mm -hmm. have people are having unprotected sex but it's like really like prep only works the best if you take it every day not if somebody else does and so it's like where it goes wrong is when you don't take it because you could have be in a relationship you could be having unprotected sex you could trust somebody but they could not be taking prep fuck you over and if you're gonna rely on them for your protection then you give you're like you are giving away your own power yeah oh wow you know and yeah. so and so part of it is 
what is it that you're going to do to protect yourself no matter what? Because people, you're right. They're not perfect. They're humans, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So trust. Yeah. No, trust is huge and it's hard. It's hard to, yeah. And I think that, to be honest, I feel like that's also for me, especially in relationships, maybe it gets to what you're talking about in communication. It's like, I just want to be able to trust you. How do we communicate and exchange things to the point where we're both on the same page and we can trust each other with what's going on? Right. Yeah. That you're not going to fuck me over. <laughs> right. Or hurt, you know what I mean? Yeah. I or mean, I don't my know. big thing is like, just don't cheat on me. Like, <laughs> but then, you know, in other relationships too, there's, yeah, there's different boundaries and levels of trust. And it's, I'm realizing, I think I'm realizing that trust for me is actually, I think a lot of the time when I question trust is because I'm not setting boundaries. Not that like you, like you should be able to trust someone. I think they go hand in hand. I think that's what I'm learning. Learning. I think you have to set boundaries, but like you should be able to trust someone. But I think, I think when I don't feel it is when I'm like, oh, cause I'm not setting boundaries. And that's why I don't like, I can't trust this person. Cause I'm literally just letting them walk all over me, you know? Yep. Or for me, you can set boundaries, but then the person <laughs> will break them. But then you have to choose whether you continue to be around that person. Yeah. And that is hard when you have to decide to kind of be like, now the boundary is with this person. Yeah. How do you, <laughs> how do you feel about that as a fellow Leo? Because Mm-hmm. For me, betrayal is the worst. Like, oh yeah, because we're so loyal. No, I mean, so if you betray me, like you are dead to me. Even if, no even if I love you and it breaks my heart, like I just like I don't know how to get past that. With but betrayal? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever experienced betrayal. Okay, <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe I would understand it in a different way but maybe it's the breaking of the trust yeah i mean i would say that's betrayal breaking okay. breaking of trust is betrayal yeah the breaking of the trust it's there's it's very hard yeah to come back from for me yeah um very very hard and it can only be shown it can only be shown through action for me mm-hmm. not through words and then i become really hyper aware yes. of action Okay, Tom, I'm 100% the same. And I've said this to partners in the past, actions and words are not the same things. That's the most important. It's your actions. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, again, we've got this bond, you know, we're on yeah. the same page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That action yeah. or that even actions and words are congruent, that they, they, that you're walking what you are talking. Exactly. Yeah. And being, yeah, you need to act on what you say. Right. And things can get repaired, but it, it requires, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm sure things can get repaired. I mean, I've never, oh, I think one of your questions, actually, that just made me think of one of the questions was about being friends with exes. Did you want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about being friends with exes? I think, well, so I thought about that a little bit. I only have one ex that I'm friends with. It, the relationship wasn't that serious and we're very good friends. Uh-huh. And so that's really nice. And I remember, I mean, it took, it wasn't immediate. Like, you know, when we broke up at first, we didn't like immediately slide into being friends, but probably the only person. And then 
Yeah, I mean, my significant relationships, especially with my ex, they, um, the t- I've had two really significant relationships in my life. Uh-huh. And both of them ended very traumatically. And there was just to the point where there was no question of friendship, really. Uh-huh. I mean, who know who's to say, may I don't know, years from now, but like, the world seems like it's ending. So I don't even think about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, there's um, one thing that my friend Riss brought up, which is because um, we're both really into being friends with our exes. Yeah. And um, we, what, I think you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my experience is that I just I had one ex that was like, I'm going to be friends with you. And he was really good about how he did that. And um, since then, I feel like because I was very I was very much like, nope, you're out of my life forever. Nope, done. Maybe. Yeah. But maybe I don't know. Maybe in terms of your betrayal, um, I'm like, yep, nope, you, you don't get well, to be here anymore. And um, I mean, actually, so I so in so again, going back to this, because just because it's the most significant relationship, you know, I did end up having a talk with my ex after like months later, probably six months later, after we had broken up and they kind of said something about wanting to be friends. And like, I think I always imagined if we ever broke up, which like seemed so out of the realm, because like we talked about getting married and like all this like very serious stuff that like, you know, that wasn't even really on my radar. But I'd always thought, oh, at the time, I thought this is the healthiest relationship I've ever had, which now kind of makes me laugh. But, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was like, at least I was like, we'll always be friends, at least, you know. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, no. But yeah, I mean, I think I had sort of we had sort of discussed it. But it was like this thing of like, you know, it was like, yeah, like, we should be friends if you ever want to talk. And it's like, and it felt like this thing to me, which I immediately recognized of like, I did so much labor in our relationship. And now you're again, putting it on me if I want to be friends after you betrayed me in like, the worst way. Like, so like, no, I'm probably not going to be the one to reach out to you to be friends. You know what I mean? Right. Well, this is what I wanted to talk about with like what Riss said, which is like, if somebody like, hurts you in some way or you have to real like if the person is you know i'm not saying this was what the situation with your ex was but if the person is toxic to you or is not good for your life then there's no reason to really be friends with them like it's 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 like you it's like a a case-by-case basis yes but and i think sorry did i well i just wanted to say so i think there is an opportunity for like a, a greater love i think actually with exes sometimes but i think there's it's also really good to be aware of you know this person's great love them but maybe not the most healthy person to be in my life for where i'm going right now and so i wonder if you have because i feel like i've been around you in a couple situations like i wonder if there if you want to talk about that maybe toxicity is sometimes that feels like a really loaded word like a person is just like straight up garbage which is not I feel like how the per that's not actually how the person comes across. They come across as like love. Right. And so I, w- I wonder if you have anything to say about that and in your life and how you recognize it and um, what you do about it. Yeah, no, uh, I do because yeah, I mean, I know that you've seen that. I think I tend to attract very intense people, which I oh, know we've talked about. 
And I think that was like a weird, a struggle after my breakup where I had these very intense like encounters with people. I don't know, like they weren't relationships. It was just like, I mean, I had, I had someone like that was like fixated on me, which at first felt like kind of fun, but then I realized it was like kind of scary. And I've often felt that in relationships where people sometimes like idealize like what I don't know what it is where they're like you're cute you're small you're this you're that like and and it's it's weird like I've had almost stalkerish <laughs> experiences <laughs> as you know uh-huh. um, I think again which I've been learning through all of my relationships a lot of it is because I thought I just thought a lot of things were normal that totally aren't. Or like, I don't know if I even thought they were normal. I just allowed for them because I, like I said, am finally loving and like trying to deal with myself. And I don't think I was fully doing that. And I was like, well, I guess this person cares about me and I don't know what I deserve. So, you know, and so a lot. And I also, I grew up with, I grew up with a lot of toxic shit and I've been through a lot in my life. And I think toxic situations are not ideal for me. I don't want to say that I seek them out, but they're not, um, in a weird way, I would say that sometimes they almost feel like home, which sounds really fucked up, but like, I think it's because that's learned. Mm -hmm. So I think for a long time, I just, you know, and I'm always like the mediator in my family. So I'm always, the person that's like, I'm going to make this situation okay and take care of it. So that's part of it too. Or I'm like, why am I allowing all these toxic situations into my life? I don't need to fix this. This person's not my responsibility at all. <laughs> like, yes. And it's taken me, I'm still learning. I mean, it's been only in the past couple of years that I'm really truly learning that like year and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm about to be 30. So it took a while, but Hey, at least I'm getting there. <laughs> you are getting there. How do you uh, recognize when a situation is like, quote unquote, toxic? I think my nature is to be very, I think I'm like very empathetic and accommodating a lot. And I uh-huh. think when I find myself in toxic situations, it's usually with someone that's very manipulative on those traits and like just pushes like making me do things or like trying to like give me things when I'm like not even trying to receive it it always feels a little bit manipulative I've realized I find myself often in manipulative relationships where like someone's like yeah but like I love you or like I have this or I have that or whatever or you're beautiful or blah 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 like and and it's like yeah but you you weren't really listening to me Uh uh-huh you know I like like those things, I think like, I don't know, telling someone that they're great or they're beautiful or this or that is not like, that's nice, but what does that really mean? Uh-huh. And I think a lot of times it's, it's that type of situation where someone's kind of like, I don't know, like speaking to my ego in a way where I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. But then I'm like, but what are we actually doing here? Like, you're kind of just like encroaching on my space or my time. And like not really listening. Like I've been in so many situations where I'm like, hey, I don't really want to like 
actually date someone right now or like, oh, I, I feel like this or whatever. And then it's just not heard. Like that's uh-huh. the thing, which goes back to what we were saying earlier about listening. Like a lot of the toxic situations I've ever been in is when no one is listening to me at all. And then somehow I'm kind of made to feel like I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> so are you- And I don't know if I'm maybe sometimes projecting that with insecurity, but I think sometimes it's a little manipulative, you know? Mm-hmm. So is that one thing you're trying to build boundaries against right now? <laughs> Absolutely. How are yeah. you how do you how are you doing that? Is there any way that you can describe that? I mean, I feel like I just did kind of I don't know how much I want to get into it, but I feel like I just did that with someone. Yeah, where I just kind of realized like you telling me nice things and like having, you know, like over and over that's that's all well and good, but it's not really I'm still not having my needs met and like again it goes with me being afraid of hurting someone's feelings and I had to finally be like I have to put myself first amazing it's hard though it's really really hard it's not easy yeah especially if you're not used to it I'm yeah I'm not you're not used to it it's like it's so huge Lily that's huge I'm glad you're doing that that makes me happy yeah (laughs) yeah so I'm wondering Maybe the last question is, is if you could like go back to your like, te- your like adolescent middle school self <laughs> when mm-hmm. you're just starting to learn about love, other people and what you like and what you don't like, what would you tell that version of Lily about love? I would tell myself that I'm allowed to take up space and that I don't really need anyone's love other than myself to start with. Amazing. Very simple. Yeah. Very simple. And that's the road you're on right now. Yeah. I think I'm a lot of people fi- I'm are. coming to it 15 years later or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of people are there though right now. I think so. I think it seems to be trending. <laughs> yeah. Self-love seems to be trending. And that's, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a really, it's really good. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I even find, you know, the people that I'm reaching out to are different right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a new world. You know, we're all going to be quite different. And I feel in some good ways, some there's going to be PTSD for sure. But I think, I think in a way, some of the reflection that some of us that we're all being forced to do is really, really powerful. And, you know, it's another ego death, I guess. (laughs) It is another ego death. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to share, Lily? Just I love you, Tom. I love you too. <laughs> You're the best. It's good to talk yeah. about love with you again. I'm so glad you had me do this. It's really, it's been wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, enjoy the apartment, the alone Thanks. time and the self-love in the apartment. <laughs> I know. I think I'm actually going to go into the backyard now. So. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Aww, I miss Brooklyn. I know. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day in the backyard and beyond. You too. All right. Bye, Tom. All right. Bye, Lily. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Aw, I miss Brooklyn. And I also miss running into Lily in her kitchen. We really did have some amazing chats in our apartment, which I'm sure you can imagine. And which is why it was so great to get her on the show not only to share that with you, but also just to get it recorded. I feel like that's awesome that we have one of our love talks 
on the record. Uh, so many takeaways. I hope you got some of your own because uh, that's probably what's the most important. Um, but here are mine, just to recap. Number one, are you putting your needs on the back burner for someone or something else? Do an honest self-assessment. Whether it's in a relationship, with work, or some other situation in life, it's good to know where your priorities are at. The key to self-love is putting your own needs first. If you're not used to this, it might take some time to figure it out. That's fine. Take the time. Number two, every breakup or heartbreak is a form of ego death, as Lily refers to it. In order to truly heal, a new person must emerge from what was. This is maybe why heartbreak is so painful, because part of yourself literally must die to make way for something new. Number three, love might look and feel different as you evolve and grow. You might look back on a relationship and realize that what you thought was love is not how you understand love now. In fact, it might have been very toxic. Honor the love that you had at the time, but know what type of love you're looking for now. Number four, communication is key and it's not just with words. Words can help articulate, but often actions do speak louder than words and they're part of communication. Aligning your words with your actions is a great way to build trust. Number five, a warning sign of toxicity is when a person is not listening to your needs. You state what your wants, needs, or desires are, and that person doesn't respect them. In some way, a person like this may try to encroach on your time or space that you've put a boundary on. Or you may simply sense that a person is trying to manipulate you in some way. Use this as a guidepost or develop your own strategies for identifying toxicity so you don't bring it into your most intimate circles. Number six, just because someone is going through something difficult doesn't give them permission to hurt you. Being compassionate, tolerant, and forgiving towards them is okay, but they have no right to hurt you. In cases like these, you may want to consider putting up a strong boundary. Number seven, if you've never set a boundary with another person before, it might feel really uncomfortable to do so. But like anything, it gets easier with practice. So start now. Number eight, sometimes no amount of communication is going to save something. In some situations, you might discover that it's not possible to work something out because a choice has already been made, or a reality has actually already been chosen, either by your partner or maybe by you. Working on it isn't going to work, and it's not your place to change another person's mind, so even though it might be painful, moving on might be the best course of action. Number nine, with a breakup, you might lose friends along with your partner. This may be an extension of what Lily calls an ego death, but you have to ask yourself, were they really my friend to begin with? If they couldn't stay around for some of the most difficult times of your life, they may not be a true friend. Number 10. One way to look at heartbreak is that your heart is actually ready to give and receive more love. However, the situation that you're in might be limiting that potential. So your heart breaks because it has to crack open in order to be ready for that new potential. Part of that process will definitely be experienced as pain if you're strongly attached to a certain limiting situation. Number 11. Oftentimes, we will keep encountering the same type of partner, the same type of love, the same type of relationship until we do something to change how that shows up for us. Setting boundaries for what you know doesn't work for you is a great way to start changing these patterns. It's a great way to tap into self-love, too. Remember to put your needs first, especially when starting something new with someone. Number 12. 
What is a Leo? Lily and I share the same birthday and naturally the same astrological sign. We love being Leos and we talk about it a lot. In case you're not already hyper aware of what a Leo is like, we're ruled by the sun and we're considered the king of the zodiac. We're passionate, enthusiastic, generous, brave, loyal, courageous, fun, warm, protective, and charismatic. We're also natural leaders, creatives, and we love the spotlight and love attention. On the negative side, we can be seen as demanding, dominating, possessive, stubborn, egoistic, jealous, and vain. But overall, we love people, we love doing our own thing, and we wear our heart on our sleeve, uh, most demonstrated by this podcast. (laughs) And lastly, number 13. The connections we have with people are so important. The people in our lives are a big part of what keeps our hearts full of love. It's not just our most intimate partners, it's everyone. Friends, family, coworkers, teachers, the list goes on. I do my best to showcase many different kinds of connections that I have on this show so that you can see there's always an opportunity to connect from the heart or choose the heart wherever you go. The roommate connection, the one that I have with Lily, it often gets overlooked, but it's actually pretty intimate because no matter how well or not well you know a roommate, they're going to see how you live, and that is an intimate connection. I remember when Lily and I were living with Charlotte and Charlotte moved out. We had to find a new roommate. You know, it was so important of who that new roommate was because we had such a good flow, and it was a really heart-centric apartment. So, And we found that person. His name is Michael. Uh, Hi, Michael, if you're listening, maybe I'll get you on the show in the future because we definitely shared some great stories as well. But the point is the people that you surround yourself with, especially in your most intimate circles, are important. I am so grateful that I've had such a big heart of a roommate in Lily, someone who I can share with at this level, and I have been happy to share her with you. That's all I've got with Miss Lily, but it's not all I've got for today. If you recall, last week I shouted out the opportunity to win a copy of the Five Love Languages book that we were covering last week with Kwame, and we have a winner. Everyone who went to Apple Podcasts and gave us a five-star review I put in a grab bag magic sorting hat and I pulled this one winner out. En Vivieros, they say, vulnerable and beautiful, five stars. My favorite part of every episode is when Tom and his interviewee get super vulnerable and share the deep stuff. You feel like you're in the conversation with them and never want it to end. I love that review because that's how I feel. Sometimes I feel like the episodes could be three hours, so I do try to shorten it. But thank you so much for that wonderful feedback and vivieros. What you can do is email me your address at the email address heartworkmovement at gmail.com. Send me that. I'll send you the book. And since I actually love this work of the five love languages so much, I am gonna offer you the chance to win it again. So if you want a copy of the five love languages, go to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and write a couple of sentences. You've got to write the sentences of why you love the show. It's going to help get the word out there to others. Thank you in advance for doing that. Beyond that, share the show by word of mouth. Tell somebody, talk about it, spread the good word. It helps more than you know. And in the spirit of Miss Lily and the people who live around us and that we keep in some of our most intimate circles, I would just ask you, who are you living with? 
who are you surrounding yourself with? Do they inspire you? Do they inspire your heart? Do they want it to thrive? Do they have your heart's best interests in mind? If they do, how are you going to honor that? And if they don't, what steps can you take to be around people who inspire more love in you? There's things you can do. Identify the people. Call them up. Email. Send them a text. Connect with them. There are a lot of ways to make moves toward this, even though we're in lockdown. I've got a whole bunch of love for you. Thank you for listening. I'm sending the love your way. Take the love that you're getting from this show and channel it into your life in some way. Throw some love at yourself. Throw some love at somebody else. Just throw it somewhere because the world needs a little bit more love in it. You already know. So have a great week. I'll see you later.